Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. And I am so pleased to be able to be with you today. It is a fantastic uh, day here in here in Adelaide. Now, guys, look, I would love uh, to have you uh, join us. Now, look, if you'd like to share a positive thought, in fact, if you'd like to hit, just simply tell us where it is that you're receiving this from, I would love to hear from you just over the weekend, I've been talking to my mate uh, Robbie uh, Robbie Bergen, and he's been telling me some of the places that uh, Faith FM uh, Australia uh, is actually received, uh, and we would love, I'd love to actually have that uh, have that confirmed. Now, so look, if you'd like to say, "Hey, look, you know, I'm listening to you from," and uh, uh, and tell us uh, Perth or Northern Australia or wherever you are, I would love uh, to have you respond. Now, look, our text number, and please put this in your phone. Our text number, our drive time text number is 04 888 808 If you just want to send us a text saying, Hello, Pastor Gary, uh, I'm in Adelaide listening to you. I'm in Cooper Beatty uh, listening to you. I'd love uh, to actually have confirmed what my mate Robbie Bergen was sharing with us over the uh, over the weekend. Uh, love to have you uh, uh, give us some feedback. And now, look, guys, uh, this week we're following the theme, The Bible, Jesus and the end times. And today, we're asking a, a really a significant question. Uh, did the Old Testament ever talk about the end times? You know, one of the things I'm so conscious of is that people today tend to denigrate. They tend to push down the Old Testament. The New Testament tends to be elevated. The Old Testament tends to be forgotten. So today, we're just going to concentrate on this really core biblical belief, but we're going to look at it from the Old Testament perspective, and that... Uh, is something that I am really uh, looking forward to. Uh, in fact, the person who's going to be leading us uh, through our uh, Bible uh, study today is um, uh, Eric Hoare. Now, Eric uh, is actually a printer by trade. He's worked as a literature evangelist. He has been a, pr- a distributor of Christian literature his entire life, and currently he ministers uh, in early retirement uh, to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And uh, this is actually his first drive time for 2023 because he's been over visiting family in New Zealand. Welcome to you, Eric. Yeah, thanks, Gary. You haven't changed since I've been away. You look the same. I look the same? <laughs> same good looks? It's good. Someone told me on the weekend that I've got a good face for radio. You have, and you've got a wonderful voice. I've listened to you. You're good. <laughs> oh, Eric, Eric. Tell me, how is New Zealand? 
Oh, look, it was wonderful um, to go back after so long. Uh, last time we were back in New Zealand was about 15 years ago. And it was funny, you know, we left uh, Adelaide. It was about 18 degrees here a couple of weeks ago. It was quite cool. We hit Adelaide, and they were in the middle of a heat wave. Yeah. They had two days of 31. So they were really <laughs> roasting over there. They don't know what heat is. And we went and saw my sister. It was her 80th birthday. Yeah. So it was a surprise for her. So my nephew, he, um, he went up her driveway, and my wife and I hid around the corner. And then he brought her out on her patio, and then we just walked up the driveway, and she was so overcome, and it was great. Uh, we spent uh, 10 days with her, yeah. and it was reconnecting with family. Yeah. Uh, we went back through Christchurch and saw um, the cathedral being built. It should yeah. be ready about... 2026, it should be all, all finalised. Wow. I didn't recognise anything in the middle of the city except one building, which was the old post office building, is still there. Wow. Um, so we had a great time touring around, and we went to Akaroa. And if anybody goes to Christchurch, go to Akaroa. Yeah. It's actually a little French settlement, and uh, I learnt on the bus trip out there that what the happened was the English actually sailed into the harbour, and they liked the place, and they thought they'd settle there, but they s- sailed off to get some settlers, and they took a bit of a while, and then the French sailed into the harbour uh, one year later, saw the place, <laughs> and thought, this looks good. So they were going to settle, but they sailed away and took a bit of time. Meanwhile, the English came back and put the flag up, and then the um, French arrived, and they saw the English flag there. And so they pulled into the harbour, and uh, they had all the settlers ready to settle. So what happened was they came to an agreement, and the English said, well, if the French swear allegiance to the king, then you can settle here. So they did that. And so if you go to Akaroa today, half the street is in French names, wow. and the other half is actually English. I, you know, I, I've actually lived for uh, four years in Christchurch, as you know, and uh, I never knew that. Mm. Nor did I till the bus drive, <laughs> and I was actually born there, but I didn't know that either. So, oh, we had a wonderful time, and uh, my sister's actually coming over here to see Adelaide uh, in um, May, and so we're going to have a great time. But yeah, no, yeah. it was all about reconnecting with family. We went into a, uh, a part in the in the middle of Christchurch, which is actually where they've got a, an earthquake centre where uh, you can go in and see what actually happened, yeah. and they've got footage of when it actually happened, and yeah. uh, people on the streets and. They've actually got parts of the building there. So, and if you go there, you should go and see that. It's really, it's quite emotional yeah, 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 to go yeah. and listen to people. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to do. I'm going to go over there one of these days. Mm. And now, listen, I just want to say a really big uh, shout out to uh, our friends up at uh, Byron Bay. A really good. Uh, just someone just uh, text in just to say, "Hey, uh, Pastor Gary, I'm, I'm listening to you from Byron Bay." I want to say a really big uh, shout out to our good mates up in uh, up in Byron Bay. Uh, look, folks, if you would like to just tell us where it is you're uh, coming, uh, get your listening to us from please uh 04888 80811 it'd be lovely uh, to have you uh, come on board uh, but uh, welcome to our mates up in uh, uh, up in Byron Bay that is a beautiful part of the world now look it's also good uh, to have with us today uh one a new friend of, of mine Marty Thompson now Marty is pastor of the Grace Adventist Center right here in Adelaide just arrived straight off the off the boat come from a, a very <laughs> Beautiful uh, part of the world over in uh, in Kempsey and uh, uh, in New South Wales. I love that uh, that part of the world. And uh, Marty is a 
the pastor for Grace Adventist Centre and also trainer for small groups here in South Australia. Now, um, Marty, uh, welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks, Gary. It's great to be here. Oh, it's fantastic to have you on board. And, you know, I'm really pleased to welcome you to part of the team because Marty is now officially becoming part of the team. And uh, we're actually going to give Marty some a crash course in uh, in running uh, drive time. So, Marty... Oh, great. I can't get out of it now. It's over you, radio. You can't. That's right. You'll have people re- reacting uh, oh. big time. Tell us something, though. One of your jobs here uh, in in Adelaide is to function as a trainer uh, for small groups. Now, look, why this passion for small groups? I mean, are they really necessary in churches? I mean, can't we just go along one mm. day a week and, you know, enjoy the pastor uh, presenting and go home? Well, yeah, you can, but uh, like they say, if you uh, a once a week Christian is is going to be a weak Christian, right? Yeah. And when we fellowship and we connect in smaller groups, we're able to build friendships and relationships. It's not just simply, um, you know, consuming a a you know a message or experiencing worship, which is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Big believer in corporate worship, but there's something special about getting around a meal table sharing life stories, opening up God's Word together in that small group setting. Some of the most powerful experiences I've had personally with God have been in that kind of a setting. And um, it's just a great way to not only be grounded in the Word of God, but also connected relationally, which is what Christianity is all about. Okay, I, I'm really interested that you actually talk about that importance of relationships because I'm going to get some more feedback in just a moment because I do actually want to come to our, we're starting to uh, run against our time, but look, I want to come to our World Watch segment. Now, in our World Watch segment, as you know, we we deal with issues that are happening in our world. And I've got a, a an article that I came across a week or two ago uh, from the Wall Street Journal. And it was actually entitled, The Lifelong Power of Close Relationships. Now, I'd like, I'm going to come back to you in a moment, but I'd like to read this article first. And then we're going to follow up on that particular subject, because I think, I think you've nailed something there that's actually really, uh, really Key. Now, look, let's, let me just share this article with you. It concerns research that uh, uh, has just been released again. What if we could watch entire lives, the article says, uh, as they unfold through time? What if we could study people from the time they were teenagers all the way into old age and see what really matters to a person's health and happiness and which investments really paid off? For 85 years and counting, the Harvard study of adult development, which we now direct, has tracked than an original group of 724 men and more than 1,300 of their male and female descendants over three generations, asking thousands of questions and taking hundreds of measurements to find out what really keeps people healthy and happy. Now, all through the years of studying these lives, one crucial factor stands out for consistency and power of its ties to physical health, mental health and longevity. Contrary to what many people think, it's not career achievement or exercise or a healthy diet. Don't get us wrong. These things do matter. One thing continuously demonstrates the broad and enduring importance in life. Good relationships. In fact, close personal connections are significant enough that 
if we had to take all 85 years of the Harvard study and boil it down to a single principle for living, one life investment that is supported by similar findings across a variety of studies, it would be this. Good relationships keep us healthy and happier, period. If you want to make one decision to ensure uh, your own health and happiness, it should be to cultivate warm relationships of all kinds. Now, at that point, I sort of think, hey, I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, if Megan Markle's read this particular uh, article, but hey, you know, who knows? The Harvard study of adult uh, development began to Bos- uh, began in Boston in 1938 uh, when uh, two unrelated groups of researchers began closely following a very different groups of boys. The first was a group of 268 sophomores at Harvard College, selected by Harvard University uh, Professor of Hygiene, because they were deemed likely to grow into healthy and well-adjusted adults. The second project looked at 456 14-year-old boys who were growing up in some of Boston's most troubled families and most disadvantaged neighbourhoods. When the researchers decided to combine the two studies, all the inner city and Harvard participants were interviewed. Uh, They were given medical exams. Researchers went into their homes and interviewed their parents. Over the following decades, these teenagers grew into adults who entered all walks of life. They became factory workers and lawyers and bricklayers and doctors. Uh, Some became alcoholic. Some climbed the social ladder from the bottom all the way to the very top and some made that journey in the opposite direction. Uh, The founders of the Harvard study were shocked and delighted to see that it still continues today, generating unique and important findings that couldn't have been imagined back in 1938. By hook uh, and by crook, the Harvard study has maintained an 84% participation rate for 85 years. Once we had followed the people in the Harvard study all the way into their 80s, we wanted to look back at them in midlife to see if we could predict uh, who was going to grow into a healthy, uh, happy uh, octogenarian and who wasn't. So we gathered together everything we knew about them at age 50 and found it wasn't their middle age cholesterol levels that predicted how they were going to grow old. It was how satisfied they were in their relationships. Uh, the Bible uh, who uh, the, the people uh, who were the most satisfied in their relationships at age 50 uh, were the healthiest mentally and physically at age 80. Other long-term studies have found similar conclusions about the powerful role of relationships. Uh, one study based in Dunedin in New Zealand found that social connectors, connections in adolescence were better than academic achievement at predicting well-being in adulthood. In 2008, we telephoned the wives and husbands of a Harvard study couples in their 80s. Every night for eight months, we spoke to each partner separately and asked them a series of questions about their days. We wanted to know uh, how they felt physically that day, what kinds of activities they'd been involved in, and if they needed to receive emotional support, and how much time they'd spent with their spouse and with other people. On the days when these men and women spent more time in the company of others, they were happier. Now, you know, you know, when I read that, I sort of thought, hey, this is a powerful, powerful statement. Now, look, I really, I just want to pick up on what you said, uh, said before there, Marty, because I think it is really a really important, you know, what is a study like this saying to uh, those of us who, who live in a culture 
that's increasingly individualistic. I mean, everything, you know, we're becoming more and more isolated in everything that we do. What's it saying to us? It's saying, you know, it's saying, Gary, that we need love. We need love in our lives. And we, we don't experience love by ourselves. Love has to be experienced in the context of relationships. And um, it makes me think um, of... Dean Ornish, who's a sort of a guru in lifestyle medicine, he's written a book called Love and Survival, uh-huh. making this very same point that as as important as obviously healthy diet exercise, we're, we're really big advocates for that. But if our the quality of our relationships, and it's not necessarily, and here's the other point, it's not necessarily the quantity of our relationships. We might have, you know, a thousand friends on Facebook, for example, but that's really not, not what this is saying. Do you think this- Facebook is actually undermining, um, you know, those close relationships that certainly people have had in past eras? Look, it certainly has the potential to do that. And I think, you know, I, I guess, you know, I'm in my early 30s and I've, I've sort of seen, you know, Facebook, you know, come, come on board and, and, but I'm looking at even just the, the generation younger than me and, and, and relating to teenagers, et cetera. And you do see that social media and, and these things is having a dramatic impact on our society. This is an experiment, if you can call it that, that's never been done before. And so I suppose as the years go on, um, we're going to probably see more and more research in this space. Tell me something. Do you think, as I'm really conscious, I mean, we've just gone through the COVID era and uh, in, in that era, we've sort of had, uh, you know, people move into isolated worship experiences. And I'm conscious that there are some people, maybe even listening to our program today, who have said, Hey, look, you know, I really, I really don't want to go back to church. Now, is it possible to worship in isolation, even though you listen to uh, maybe something on the you know, electronic media? You know, there are certain situations, Gary, obviously, where people are unable to get out and God, absolutely, they can experience genuine worship, you know, by themselves. However, when we choose to refrain from connecting with others, we're just missing out on a huge blessing. The Bible even says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some, but so much more as the day, as you see mm. the day approaching, mm. the day of Jesus Christ soon return. Mm. That's Hebrews 10.25. And so there's an appeal there within Scripture to meet together. Yeah, God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, we uh, were created, let us make man in our own image. We're created for relationships. Yeah, And again, I want to underscore, it's not necessarily the quantity of those relationships, but it's the quality that really matters. It's what, it's, it's when we're going through a tough time. Mm. Mm. What do the people who are closest to us, how do they respond? Yeah. You know, yeah. because that's, that's, it's so easy in yeah. the world in which we're living to actually not even know that a person is going through a tough time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know our neighbors, you know, yeah. this is the reality and, and uh, and we're not benefiting as a result. Mm. Um, we certainly need to, as much as we can, um, make a decision to to connect, join a join a group, <laughs> join a small group, join a Bible study a, a small, small group. group. I yeah, mean, that's where we come back like to this again. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
Tell us, Eric, just if I could just come to you for a moment. Now, look, you're an old bloke. Uh, I mean, you're, you're twice his age. <laughs> Goodness you. me. I mean, <laughs> we don't have a... Look, tell me something. You're the pastor of the uh, Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, do you sense that, uh, uh, you know, issues of isolation uh, are also issues in uh, the Indigenous community, or is this something that is, you know, I suppose, is are they more community-based? Um, <clears throat> found that uh, with the Aboriginal folks that um, they they like to be they like to have company they they're very family orientated actually and um, <clears throat> often through distance because a lot of them go walk about or or travel a lot because they're widespread yeah um, there is a disconnection there uh, that I found I found within our Christian group that um, they see um, the whole of us as brothers and sisters. They see it themselves. We talk in the language in the Christian world of brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. They use it within our group. That we, They actually see the family that supports them in a Christian world yeah. outside of the family they have, and that gives them great encouragement and support because uh, it can be lonely, especially the, the elderly folks, because as you know, with Aboriginal people, they tend not to live so long. The, the statistics yeah. are... Yeah. And so yeah. they suffer from many things earlier in life. Yeah. And this impacts greatly on them. So they need more support. And we find that it's the elderly ones that are more consistent in being with us because they, um, they need that support. But they find that connection with family. So they found a Christian family when they found Christ. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in other words, the uh, finding Christ actually meant finding a Larger family. That's correct. Yes, and the, and the thing that that comes out of that is, of course, is that uh, uh, that they share things that are, are deeply concern them that they don't actually share with their families, mm. uh, because they know it's in a Christian environment yeah. where they're going this way, and and some of the other folks are going the other way, and there's conflict. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's a privilege to to be with them, and and I've found that um, that they are searching and in need. And, uh, and, you know, uh, as you say, the small groups gives us a chance to sit and chat and talk. We only have. Do you do small groups at, uh, at your church? We, in our Bible study group, because we're widespread, often we'll have 10 or 12, something like that. And we find in that environment, we have a cuppa and a chat, mm-hmm. always important. And, and, and the time before and after the Bible study is so important where they can just mm-hmm. sit and chat and reconnect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, all part yeah. of growing in Christ. Yeah, yeah. No, that's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. Look, guys, let's come to some uh, some music because I'm conscious that our time is starting to uh, run away with us already. Uh, this is Faith First. This is a really beautiful uh, presentation of where uh, there where there is faith. Uh, please enjoy Faith First.
there's faith first, uh, where there is faith. That's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful uh, song. Really, really do love that uh, that song. Now, guys, look, we do have a giveaway for you today. Now, this is a real uh, a real ripper. This is something that's really worth uh, picking up. It's only a little book. It's not a big book, uh, but I believe you'll in, you'll really appreciate it. This one's called End Time Hope: uh, A Journey to Eternity, and it's written by Mark Finlay. Now, Mark Finlay uh, is probably uh, one of the the best preachers uh, that I have heard uh, anywhere, uh, and he's a, he's a fantastic author. He's written many books. Now, this particular book is entitled "End Time Hope: A Journey of a Journey to Eternity." Uh, terrorist threats, a school violence, devastating tornadoes, a shaky economy, the rising nuclear threat, uh, and uh, cont- in North Korea, it's enough to frighten anyone unless you understand what's behind today's headlines. This book provides answers to the confusing dilemma that this world is facing. You'll experience hope as you read each chapter, as we explore what the Bible says about what's really going on in our world. Now, guys, look, this is just so important that we understand what is going on in our world right now because there's so much uh, that is happening right now that I believe it's worth us digging into. We're having a, a brief review of it this week, but this book just pulls it all together so beautifully. Uh, the book is entitled End Time Hope, A Journey to Eternity by Mark Finley. Now, look, if you would like this book, uh, our drive time uh, text number. Now, please uh, jot this down, 4 888 Again, 04-888-808-11. Now, look, all you need to do is to send us today's code. Now, today's code is SA105. No gap between the SA and the 105, and that won't go to any person. That'll simply just go to our uh, to our robot, and uh, we call him Pilgrim. He's a, he's a friendly robot. Uh, there's nothing to be afraid of in talking uh, to our our mate uh, Pilgrim. And uh, Pilgrim, he'll ask you a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, way possible. Now, that uh, drive time number again is 04888. 80811 uh, and the code is SA105 but no gap between the SA and the 105 because Pilgrim uh, he's not a very smart robot we can't afford <laughs> one of those super smart robots uh, he's a dumb robot and he can't pick up if there's a gap between the SA and the 105 so that book again is End Time Hope by Mark Finley A Journey of uh, of Faith and uh, you'll love the uh, that uh, uh, that particular uh, that particular book. Uh, now, folks, um, uh, welcome back. You are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is Eric Hoare. And uh, currently, uh, Eric pastors the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. We also have with us in the studio Marty Thompson. Now, Marty is going to be joining the Faith FM team. Uh, he pastors the Grace Adventist uh, Centre uh, right here in in Adelaide. A beautiful church. I'd recommend it to you. Uh, it's so many young, uh, young professional people at that, uh, at that particular church. Uh, and this week, we're following the theme, the Bible, Jesus, and the end times. And today we're asking, uh, did the Old Testament ever talk about the end times? Now, Eric, uh, 
Today, you know, if um, you ask Christians their thoughts about the Old Testament, you know, responses vary between, I suppose, the classic eye roll and outright hostility. Uh, you know, you know, is it is it possible that uh, that we as Chris, that, that the Christian Church generally has missed something in the Old Testament? that is actually highly relevant to us today. Well, it's really interesting, Pastor Gary, when you introduce the tonight's subject like that, because when I did a Google online to ask about end-time events and the second coming of Jesus Christ, just about all of them were from the New Testament. I think there was only one that was from the Old Testament, which had me thinking. So I did a bit of a study on it into the Old Testament, uh, and it's interesting that in the Bible... A new birth is mentioned nine times, baptism is mentioned 52 times, repentance is mentioned 89 times, but the second coming of Christ and last day events is mentioned over 1,500 times in the Old Testament and th- only 300 times in the New Testament. And yet some of these um, uh, texts in the Old Testament are quite obscure, you know, like they're almost like they're hidden in there talking about, for instance, it talks about um, things like in Job 19 verse 25, it says, I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the last days upon the earth. And after I shall awake through his body be destroyed, yet out of my body shall I see God. This is obviously talking about the second coming because here we see him being resurrected. And of course, the book of Job is actually probably the very first uh, book of the entire scriptures that was actually written. That's correct, yes. And uh, very ancient, some of these scriptures, like Isaiah 26, 19 says, Thy dead shall live, my dead body shall arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is at the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. So it is talking about a future event where people are going to, where Christ is coming back to collect his own. Um, and it's interesting to me that even the New Testament, Jude, four, Jude um, number 14, it says, there, it quotes the Old Testament it talks about Enoch uh, and it says, and behold it says, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things saying, behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints Jude 14 is actually quoting Enoch chapter 1 and of course, nine. we don't have the original of that particular quote but the quote itself was written mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago, but he's quoting Enoch as believing in this thing called the second coming. Yes. You know, this, this is, this is, I believe is really a powerful, a powerful material because what we're starting to get is a flow through the Old Testament that is starting to, to share, um, something that I believe has got an incredible message to us today. Mm. And it's, it is so, and it, it, it's just incredible when you study the Old Testament, how much it talks about the coming Messiah and the second coming. There's so much in the Old Testament that talks about that. Um, and for instance, uh, if we go to, because of time, we should go to Daniel 2, uh, which of course was prophetic and uh, talks about the statue. And in Daniel 2.44, it says, In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to other people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. In verse 45, this is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, 
the clay, the silver and gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Now, this, is, this I think, Eric, is incredibly important that you've picked up. In fact, you've jumped to the book of, the book of Daniel. But mm. look, what I'd like to do, just, I can just like to go a little sideline here sure. if I can, because I'd like to go possibly over to Marty, because mm. Marty's the theologian in our midst. Yes. Um, he's a, <laughs> you know, he's the theologian oh, in our boy, midst. And, uh, you know, he's most recently, uh, come from, uh, uh, from study. Now look, yep. Marty, if I can just flick something, um, at you uh, because this I think you know I some time ago I was uh, in fact a, a year or two back I was actually reading a, a book uh, entitled uh, Against the Flow which is uh, talking about the book of Daniel and it's uh, written by a man John Lennox now John Lennox is not a Seventh-day Adventist like you know the show is run by the Seventh-day Adventist Church um, John Lennox is a, is a Christian uh, who shares a great deal of about the Word of God. He is a believing Christian. Now, he is writing this particular book, Against the Flow, and he talks about prophecy. Now, look, I'd just like to pick up what he says and throw it to you, Marty, and just sort of get, get your feedback. This is, this is what he says. In other, um, the fulfillment of supernatural prophecy, and of course that's what the second coming is, is all about, lies at the heart of what Christianity is, says John Lennox. To claim to be a Christian and not to take it seriously is a contradiction in terms. Yet in my experience, many professing Christians seem somewhat embarrassed by this dimension of their faith. Christianity is thoroughly embedded in history and prophecy. Many of its central events, including the crucifixion, the resurrection of Christ, were the subject of predictions made centuries earlier. I'm only too well aware that contemporary culture in the West is so dominated by the naturalistic worldview that anyone who claims that there's a supernatural dimension to reality is looked at uh, with as though they are Simple. Now, Mar- Marty, to me, this is really key because Eric has just quoted to us some material from the uh, from the book of Daniel, and mm. uh, the book of Daniel, of course, is, is talking about the you know this coming kingdom and the reality of it. Look, do you do you think that? I mean, would you agree? I mean, with what Lennox says here, that um, that. Christ, many in the Christ, of the Christian faith today are somewhat embarrassed by the prophetic dimension of their faith. Look, Gary, I, I would, I don't know whether that's you know, it's a big statement that he's made, and obviously he's a very you know he's done a lot of research. Yeah, but what I would say is that I think people want something solid when they talk about faith. They want something solid. They don't just want, um, you know, the the shallow answers, the superficial. And I think there are many Christians today, and I've met many of them, mm. and so, and some have have come to come to church and 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 have had these conversations with them. Yeah. That, you know, they they've asked these deeper questions and they've they've not gotten the right answers. And I think one of the reasons for that, and 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 sort of touching on the fact that the Old Testament is so critical mm. um is is this kind of just this shallow approach to this to the study of the bible and prophecy, do you think there is a do you think there is a shallow approach to the study of the bible unfortunately there is and and 
you know, we read Second Timothy and and uh, chapter three and four in particular, and, and Paul makes it very clear that the day is going to come where they will not endure sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. People will simply want to hear things that confirm what they already believe. They won't want to be challenged with the truth of God's word that that might challenge their belief or challenge their lifestyle. But in reality, that's those are the words of life. But you know, this is what you're actually saying. There is actually a huge challenge to those of us who are actually preachers, isn't it? Because it says something yeah. about my, you know, when I present week by week to, you know, to the community at, you know, in my church. Uh, you know, it's so important. I, I believe, I, I accept what uh, uh, John Lennox said. John Lennox, of course, is the uh, professor of mathematics at Oxford University. He's a, he's a very highly uh, educated fellow. And certainly in my experience, I turn around and say, yeah, well, he, I believe he's stating something here that uh, is incredibly relevant mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. challenging, mm-hmm. Uh, certainly to my own church as much as to the Christian church mm-hmm. generally. I think you're right, Gary. I, I I think we, you know, during the dark ages, we there was a period of time where there was such a lack of biblical knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then there was a period of time when we came out of the Dark Ages in the early sort of 1800s where people were starting to really study their Bible, this great awakening. Many Mm -hmm. of the prophecies of the book of Daniel were fulfilled right at the end of the 1700s. And and it's just remarkable history. But right now we live in a time of information overload. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this overabundance of information – and in that overabundance of information and with our phones and our televisions and everything else that's buzzing on around us, it's hard for us to – it's hard. We, 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 there's a generation where we're just skimming things. We tend not to read deeply. We tend not to reflect as, 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 as much as we ought to. And, um, and Bible study, good Bible study to come to know the truth – isn't going to come just by a surface reading. We really need to dig into the Word of God. Uh, to do that. I, li- I like that thinking. I like that thinking. Look, guys, let's come to some uh, some music, uh, and then we're going to come back to the uh, to the top end of our our program. This is Michael Card. The song is El Shaddai. As you know, this is one of my favourites. I get to choose the songs, which means yes, you've heard it before, but please enjoy it again. <laughs> El Shaddai El Elyonah Adonai Age to age You're still the same By the power Of the name El Shaddai El Shaddai Erechim Kana Adonai We will praise and live you high El Shaddai Through your love and through the ram You saved the son of Abraham And by the power of your hand 
say a very big shout out uh, to uh, our listeners up in uh, Catherine. We have been contacted by uh, uh, one of our mates up there in Catherine in the Northern Territory. Uh, we, of course, broadcast over the Great Australian Vast uh, Network and uh, they're listening in uh, in Catherine up in the Northern Territory to uh, Faith FM right now and uh, it is wonderful to have you part uh, of our Fa- Faith FM uh 
I was going to say congregation, because, but that's indeed exactly what it is. I'm a pastor, or so a group of people is a congregation, and you're part of it. I uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, for texting in and just letting us know on that. Now, look, guys, we do have that giveaway book. Now, this is a real ripper of a book. You must please, uh, if if you don't normally go for offers, this is the one to actually go for. Uh, this one is entitled "End Time Hope: A Journey to Eternity," and it's written by Mark Finley. Mark Finley is a uh, is a classic uh, preacher he is a uh, he's a well-renowned author you'll love what uh, mark finley uh, does actually share uh, his book is entitled end time hope a journey of faith now look if you would like this particular book uh, what you uh, what you need to do is to text us at drive time uh, drive time is uh, 04 triple eight eight oh eight eleven oh four triple eight 80811 is our drive time text number and the code that you need uh, is this code uh, SA105 SA105 no gap between the SA and the 105 uh, just the five digits in a row now what that'll do is trigger our robot uh, we uh, uh, we call him Pilgrim and uh, he will uh, he'll contact you uh, get a little bit of uh, information uh, uh, out of you, how could I say say that? That's not a very good way of putting it, is it? No, he'll request you some details from you uh, so that uh, we uh, can uh, uh, can get this book to you in the fastest possible way. It's a really good book, End Time Hope, uh, A Journey of Faith by Mark Finley. End Time Hope, uh, that number again is 04888-80811 and that code again is SA105. Uh, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the uh, Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we also have with us here in the studio Marty Thompson. Marty is a, uh, is a brand-new pastor here in Adelaide. He's come from the East Coast, but he's come to a better state. Uh, and it's wonderful <laughs> to have him uh, have him here in, uh, uh, in Adelaide. He's actually the pastor of our Grace Adventist Church, a wonderful church. Church here in Adelaide. We'll tell you a little bit about that in the next uh, in the next few uh, few days. Um, now uh, he uh, uh, he's also uh, going to be uh, helping us out here on uh, our drive time program. And this week we're following the theme: the Bible, Jesus, and the end times. And today we're simply asking that question. Did the Old Testament ever talk about the end times? Eric, really appreciate what it is that you're saying at this point. You know, you, you know, you've talked about the book of Job. You've talked about, uh, you know, those early chapters of the book of, uh, book of Daniel. Does the, uh, does the book of Daniel say anything? Does the Old Testament say anything else, uh, about this uh, coming of Jesus Christ? Well, it's interesting, Pastor Gary, that um, for me as a, as a Christian, I was not born a Christian, um, and uh, came through a series of, uh, of Bible studies and meetings that the Old Testament revealed to me a God in the New Testament, that you need the both the Testaments together to get the whole picture of Christ, to mm. understand that the Old Testament was pointing to the New and, and some tremendous advice in there, but also the New was pointing sometimes back to the Old as well as looking to uh, the It's interesting that you actually make that. I think that is so important because, I mean, during the break, we were actually talking here in the studio and uh, Marty actually made the point here. He's, uh, he made this point about uh, this was actually the Bible of Jesus. Do you mm-hmm. want to just amplify? on yep. that one uh, Marty 
Yeah, well, Jesus says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. Yeah. John 5.39. And so Jesus' Bible was the Old Testament. Yeah. That was his Bible. Um, he even specifically in Matthew 24.15 tells us to go back and read the book of Daniel, <laughs> which out of every book of the Bible, I'm not aware of another book of the Bible where Jesus says, go and read it and understand it. I think I think that point that you make I, I think is actually so powerful. In the Old Testament, what we have is the Bible of Jesus. This was what he read mm-hmm. week by week when he went to church. This is what he was brought up with mm-hmm. on his mother's knee. Uh, this is what the uh, he was talking. The, the disciples understood. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when I realised that, I turn around and say, "Hey, uh, perhaps there's there's more in this." You know, I think of the road to Emmaus. You know, when they were on the road to Emmaus, uh, and Christ opened the scriptures to these disciples, and he just simply said to he, uh, said to them, he expounded to them in all the scriptures, the mm. things concerning himself. Mm. And, of course, the only scriptures he's talking about in those days is the Old Testament. That's right. Mm. That's so right. much we've missed, mm. yeah. so much the Christian church has actually missed in the Old Testament uh, by overlooking those uh, those books. But, Eric, yeah. look, come back to, yeah. uh, to please bring it all together for us. Yeah. So, you know, in Daniel 2, and I'd encourage those uh, out there to listen to to read Daniel two because it's so important to this statue because it gives us evidence of the of what's happened in the past and the future it gives us all these kingdoms that took place but what happens at the end of the last kingdom and that's what we're looking at tonight but what comes after the Roman kingdom Daniel sees that in the days of those kingdoms Rome the God of heaven will set up his kingdom this is the era this is the times in which we are currently in there will be no other era of man. This kingdom set up by the God of heaven is not part of the statue Nebuchadnezzar saw. It is not a kingdom of man, but it, that is represented by metallic pieces forged onto a statue. This kingdom comes apart from the statue. It's not part of it. Daniel tells us, tells Nebuchadnezzar that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver and the gold. And so this is done by Christ. This is so relevant for us in today in which we live that when we're worried about what's happening in the world today, Mm. whether there'll be an atomic bomb, whether China and Russia will join together Mm. and fight, we don't need to worry about that. Mm -hmm. We know what is going to happen because what has happened in the past has been revealed in the Old Testament. You know, this is in many ways, I call this the, uh, the, uh, the the biblical advantage because you know so much of the world at the present time is struggling. You know, where is our world actually going? If you go mm-hmm. into the Word of God, all you do is you turn around, you open the pages, it's and there. it tells you where the, where, it's, where it's actually oh, going. Absolutely, right it, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Marty, come on in. People were yeah, people were terrified. You know, there's a lot of people were terrified with COVID nineteen, for example. Yeah, yeah. But if if we study our Bible, it wouldn't have caught us by surprise at all. No. Mm, that's I, I think, Eric, one of the challenges is when people talk, think about prophecy and Bible, even many Christians, they think about the books of Daniel and Revelation. For some reason, it conjures up fear. Yes, it does. Yeah. And... That's not the correct understanding of prophecy. If if you're reading prophecy and it's leading you to fear, yep. then it's not doing what it's meant to. Prophecy is always centered in Christ. It should always lead us to certainty and to hope. 
And I'm, I guess that's the book that you're talking about there as well, Gary. I'm really pleased you actually bring that bring that up, Marty, because tomorrow's program, that's exactly the subject uh, that we're actually going to be dealing with because tomorrow's program uh, is, is actually entitled Is Talk of the End Times uh, Just Something in, uh, There to Engender Fear mm. in My Life? Uh, you know, that is something that we want to be able to dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate you actually making that uh, making that point. Now, uh, Eric, uh, one final uh, comment, perhaps uh, Marty. One final comment because we do need to uh, do need to finish. Yep. Uh, I, when I read uh, this at uh, Daniel two, it, it took me to uh, the scene when um, Jesus died and the um, the curtain in the sanctuary between the holy and most unholy pla- the holy and the most holy place was torn asunder from yeah, top to bottom. Yeah. And it taught me there that that was a divine thing that Jesus would intervene, that we could come directly to him. And here we see this kingdom being set mm-hmm. up without human hands. It tells us that God is in control mm-hmm. of the situation, that we need to trust him more and learn him more. I think what Marty was saying was right. People get put off by the beasts in Revelation. They see these things with horns yeah, and whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. But when you read the Bible and, and that actually interprets it, we find the peace in there. So, yep, stay faithful, learn yeah. and stay close to Christ and use both Old and New Testaments. Mm. A final thought, Marty? Yeah, I, I, at the end of Daniel chapter 2, yeah, and encourage our listeners to, to read it yes. uh, tonight. Mm. At the end, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he, he falls prostrate. He mm. falls down before Daniel and, and he praises the God of Daniel mm-hmm. because the God of Daniel was able to reveal the future. Yeah. Something yeah. that nobody else can do. And whilst we don't know the future, we can put our lives in the hands of the God who does know the future. And even the wise men in Daniel's day, and, and there's many wise men, uh, certainly in our mm-hmm. community today, mm-hmm. they were unable, yes, absolutely. To, unable yeah. to do what Daniel was able to do. Amen. Yeah. Folks, look, let's, let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you now. I want to say thank you. Uh, for being the God who cares. Uh, Lord, thank you for giving this earth a direction. Lord, thank you for giving us individually a direction. Lord, I just pray if there's anybody right now who's struggling, and maybe with a health issue, Lord, maybe with a financial issue, uh, Lord, maybe with a relational matter, uh, Lord, I just pray that you might descend on them by your Holy Spirit, that you might touch them, that they might be conscious that indeed you are taking control of their life and giving them peace. Father, these things we ask in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, my friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Eric Hoare and uh, Marty Thompson on uh, Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'll be chatting with Lindy Sparing. We're going to be asking his talk of the end times, just sensational fear-mongering, that issue of fear. We're going to deal with it. I really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.